I love it, Lee. And I, I think back to the, your initial question from the LinkedIn post, that customer acquisition plan mm. is the difference between the hobby Word. and the business. Word. Right? I, I mean, love that. That really, that really yes. is it because if, if you're just focused on, but no, I brew the greatest coffee in the world. Yeah. And that's and and don't take that away from you. Hold all the titles, win all yeah. the competitions, but you're not a business owner. Exactly. Unless you figured out yes. how to create an audience, build foot traffic, Bravo. draw people in. That's the difference between the business and you effectively being right. A performer. Friends, World of Coffee Dubai is back in 2024, and I am proud to announce that the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward will be the official podcast partner for World of Coffee Dubai for the second year in a row. The Roasters Village will be a one of a kind destination for all things coffee. As an exhibitor, introduce your artisanal roasts to an international audience and gain valuable insights from their perspective. Visitors, immerse yourself in the celebratory coffee culture experience by sampling exclusive cups poured with passion from cafes worldwide and absorb insights that will elevate your own appreciation of all things coffee. Whether you brew coffee or just love savoring a fine cup, this event gathers the global coffee community under one roof in an amazing city. Join us at World of Coffee Dubai in 2024 at Dubai World Trade Center from the 21st until the 23rd of January. Tickets are available at dubai.worldofcoffee.org or you can contact us on social media for any questions that you might have at mapforward.coffee. Get your tickets now, folks. Come see the podcast being recorded live and we hope to see you in January in Dubai for World of Coffee. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode three of a five-part series with Brian Gaffney. We are exploring whether specialty coffee is a viable business model or whether it's an expensive hobby. And uh, in this episode, Brian, we're going to talk about the common mistakes being made by specialty coffee businesses. In your opinion, what are some of those mistakes? I'm going to go back to what we talked about in episode, in an earlier episode, yeah. which is, I think that often people think that specialty coffee is the strategy mm. that they're going to use to be successful. Instead of thinking about specialty coffee is the category. And within that category, I need to define the strategy that is going to enable me to be competitive. Right. And so I think part of doing that is not simply who do I want to be, right? As mm -hmm. a as the owner of this business, what is my point of view? But then as I look around, right, the the geography where I'm going to be competing, what kinds of specialty coffee businesses are there around me? What mm -hmm. are those doing well? Um, and if they're doing those things well, I probably don't want to make that my strategy, right? If they have if if they're sourcing the absolute best um, East African coffees and that's their focus, I probably don't want to have East African as part of my my core program. If they have um, if their their pieces food pairing and you know they may be doing a particular cuisine, okay, I probably want to stay away from that cuisine in terms of what I'm offering. So it's 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 opening and, and really having a clear point of view, right? Is number one. In specialty, what is my point of view? What is my strategy? It's understanding the competitive, um, you know, landscape, right? So how am I going to exist in this ecosystem of other specialty coffee businesses? How mm. will I be different? How will I be better? 
Um, and then I think it's really then understanding the cost model. Like one of the things that I just, I, I struggle in the industry to learn about is as a business owner, one of the things you want to do is control your costs. Mm-hmm. So you want to, as much as you can, fix as many of your costs as possible. It's why you have schedules for your staff to make sure you understand what, what labor is going to cost you, right? You know what your rent is going to be. And yet you don't fix your coffee, your green coffee prices. Mm-hmm. And so you end up buying spot, right? You attempt to buy opportunistically. The challenge is now the thing that you've put at the very core of your business is a thing for which you have a great amount of fluctuation and variation. So by figuring out, okay, I'm going to take this and to protect my quality and to protect my costs, I'm going to fix those prices. And so I know the coffee that I'm going to get. I know the relationships with the producers that I'm building. So now, again, as people are coming into the shop, right, I can have a conversation with them, not only about um, the, the, the point of view that we have, the experience that I want them to have, the coffee, the specific coffee that we're preparing. But because I have relationships with these producers that are longstanding, I can have a conversation about my producer partners as well, right? And now mm. I can engage. Um, another one is I, this over-reliance on this idea of craft, meaning I have to do all of these things physically. I think one of the things that the industry also struggles with is this idea that it has to be physical, manual, laborious for it to be craft and specialty Mm. versus how can I leverage automation? How can I leverage technology to enable a more specialty experience, right? Again, I struggle with the idea of, and baristas are a key part of the process. However, I think that as we look at automation in the brewing process in cafes, and, and we, we, we're concerned about that. But when we think about the brew, brewing a pour over coffee, a machine can absolutely do that better than a human being. Consistency, repetition, et cetera. But when we fight to have baristas do that, it also lowers the value that that person brings to the experience. Because if a barista is not so focused on the brewing of the coffee and can engage me in conversation, guess what? Back to this idea of value, the value and the appreciation that I have for that coffee now multiplies exponentially because I've had a conversation about it because that barista was not so focused on brewing that particular cup of coffee and making sure that, you know, the time for the pour was right. So does that mean then that we end up with potentially fewer baristas and fewer cafes? I think it does. Yes, it absolutely does. Right. But I think the other thing that it says is, we're going to find the right places for people in the industry so that we can put yeah. places in people where they can really add the value that they're capable of and that they want to contribute. I have to imagine, again, full disclosure, I've never worked as a barista, but I have to imagine that a barista who has had 10 fantastic conversations with consumers to be able to introduce them to a coffee, see the, you know, have a conversation, see the experience of the, the, the look on the consumer's faces, they're enjoying it versus a barista that made 50 wonderful pour overs that day, I've got to believe that the sense of satisfaction and fulfillment from the person who had those conversations is different from the one who poured those those perfect pour overs. And creating room and specialty for more human interaction, more relationship-based discussions and engagement, that again, how do we begin to mature and differentiate specialty from commercial? Mm. We put people at the center. And we have people do what only they can. But, I, you know, on that, 
we're talking about USPs here, you know, know, unique selling propositions here. Right. And what I think is a deeper part of that mistake is the assumption that the consumer wants interaction. Mm. I don't know that they – I know our generation, Gen X, tends to want that interaction more. But I know that Gen Z get anxious having that interaction with people. Right. Our assumption as an industry that a part of specialty coffee is consumer engagement, I think that that's fundamentally flawed these days. And I I can't prove that, but I'm starting to get the sense that people are preferring to order on apps. We know that for a fact. People prefer ordering on an app. We know that people like the idea of delivery. We know that people are starting to order online, pick up from the store and not want to have to talk to people. Hmm. So is the specialty coffee business model shifting from needing people to engage with the consumer and is it moving more towards vending machines and automation en masse? I mean, I, I think we need to fundamentally question, and I think that this is a mistake, 100% a mistake that we're making in our industry, which is assuming that with specialty comes customer engagement. And perhaps you've got to define that as a part of your business model these days, whereas previously it was automatically assumed. Right, right. I 100% agree with you in that what I think is no matter the industry today, customer experience and engagement matters. The question is, and and this is where I agree with you, not every customer wants the same level of engagement. So the question is, as within the cafe, you want to make sure that you have somebody. So if there is a desire for engagement, they can provide it. But if someone would rather come in, for example, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a Marriott, um, uh, Marriott of the hotel where I tend to stay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I remember a couple of years ago, the first time I was literally ever t- able to fully check in, get my mobile key, get my room number, step into the hotel and not have a conversation with a single human being. I was both fascinated and frightened, right? Yeah. However, right. To your point though, for some that's ideal. And so I think that the, there is the space to say, Right. If I come in, if I come into a cafe and really like, let's say, let's even day one, I came in, I learned about this new coffee, had a conversation with the barista and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I know that I want to come in and I want to have that one again. So now when I come in, I don't need as much engagement. So what I what I really want at that point is I do want an, an expedited process. And so the ability to facilitate both of those experiences in a single place is something that has to be built into the model, right? What is my experience? What mm-hmm. is the interaction? Which goes to how much automation do I have? Where's the machinery located? If someone wants engagement, do they come in and flow through one door? If they just want, right, the, the expedited delivery of the beverage, can they kind of go in another, right? But these are all of the things that you have to think through as you're building out the experience. Again, you got to slow down to opening your doors to really figure out who is my customer? Back to this idea of the competitive landscape, you're looking around, right? Who is going to come through my doors? And when they do, what are they going to want to have? The morning rush is probably going to want to move in and out more quickly. But the folks coming in that after lunch crowd, they may want to linger a little bit more, 
right? Um, so be, again, being able to facilitate, you know, maybe I have somebody on the floor, right, who's who's not behind the counter, but if they have a question, right, and and part of theirs is ma maintaining inventory stock, etc. But that person is also the archivist, right? They're the curator. So if there is a question, that person can help address it for me. We've got to build that flexibility into the model. Yeah, I love it. And and the one thing that I think people don't quite um, reconcile, it all of this shouldn't dismiss that the customer, no matter whether they're going to get engagement from a person or not, the customer should always feel seen. Whether yes. they are getting engagement from a human or whether they're getting engagement from AI or technology of some kind, at the end of the day, whatever you choose is going to be your approach to your customer. They need to feel like they've been seen and hugged by the end of that experience. They, the experience should not suffer because there are less humans there. And I think that's the secret sauce at the end of the day, whether it's specialty or commercial. As long as the customer feels that you nailed it and, and Starbucks does this perfectly by fucking up your name. Instant engagement. Instant engagement. They they deliberately get your name wrong so that they can cause you to laugh and you feel engaged with. Right. By doing something wrong deliberately, they have felt that you you feel that you've been seen. Right. Or the other thing is, even if somebody is not engaging with a human, leaving a little smiley face on their coffee cup, even right. if they get you're gonna leave it on the top of the coffee machine and they're gonna pick it up. They feel seen. Sending a, an automatic message if they're ordering via WhatsApp that says, hey, Lee, enjoy your coffee today. We got you. It's an automated fucking message, people. I still feel seen, though. Lee, it's what other, living in New York City, right, lots of friends from all over the world with multisyllabic names, right? Yeah. I don't know any other business where the customers have business-specific names. So yeah. I have friends who have Starbucks names. So when they go to Starbucks, <laughs> that is when they give that particular name. Now, so the idea is that one could say, oh, I'm so off-put because they got my name wrong. I'm never going back. Or you can say, no, I'm going to come up with a name specifically for 100%. Starbucks. That's the kind of loyalty yeah. that Starbucks has been able to engender. And here, I think, is where and the hospitality piece is where a lot of people will suffer subpar coffee. Yeah. Because of that hospitality. They feel seen. It's, it's warmer. Specialty should also describe how I as a customer yep. feel. Versus I go into a lot of specialty cafes. Do I feel seen? Does it feel warm? Do I feel? Mm -hmm. And I, I may have shared this story when you when you were so kind to invite me on the first time. But, you know, there was a partner at the firm. Yes. Who, right? We, we, I'm glad you, know, you bring this up. He wanted to go to Starbucks. I was going to, you know, uh, blue a, bottle. A, I think it was exactly. And you know, the reason that he decided not to go with me was because he said, you know, Brian, I go in there and they make me feel stupid. Yeah, I'm glad right? you're bringing and, this and up. So, and so that that's the thing is we have to think about right. And again, this isn't specific to or limited to blue bottle, but it's the specialty can't be the thing that okay, right. I'm going to center this and you're going to come and kind of worship this thing and, and, mm -hmm. and me as the practitioner <laughs> of it. But specialty, you have to be in, you have to invite me into it. And so when a place, 
there are coffee carts that sell coffee and it's bad, watered down, yeah. over roast <laughs> shit coffee <laughs> from coffee carts on the city in New York City. But people go there religiously oh, because they get loyal the following. Person. 100% because the person, to your point about being seen, the person makes them feel special, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and so if, the and, and again, this idea of what are the switching costs, right? Again, back to this idea of, of my strategy as a specialty, you know, coffee owners, I'm going to open a business. The switching costs for a customer to go from a place with subpar coffee, but they feel really good, to go take a chance on your coffee that may be two, three times more expensive. And you don't make me feel like I got a, a, a hug from you based on the experience. Why would I go pay more money for you to treat me that way when the guy at the cart, he sees me and he smiles? Yeah. Like he's been waiting there for me, right? Yeah. Again, back to this idea of, of the engagement. I And I love what you said. I think historically, we've taken for granted that engagement looks like this. Yeah. And what we've not made room for is engagement looks like a lot of different things, depending upon who's coming through the door. And we, as the owners of those businesses and establishments, have to be flexible and agile enough to meet them where they are. Yeah, I love it. There is one other mistake that I think that we make in this industry. And folks, my bread and butter is the consulting work that I do. Um, and there's one thing that I think is so important that we keep missing in this industry. And I, we've only got a couple minutes left for this episode, so, but I do want to make sure that we mention it. The most common mistake that I see in the specialty coffee industry is that business owners do not create a customer acquisition plan. People do not think about how they are going to go about acquiring new customers and growing their business. And as a business owner, it is not just your job to create a product that you think that your customers will like. It is imperative that you create more customers. And having a plan for that is the way that you survive into the future. And I just, it it is frustrating for me as a consultant and for other consultants, when we look at how people are prioritizing buying better coffee, but not balancing that out with bringing more customers into the into their business. When we were at um, WCC World Coffee Conference uh, a, about a month ago, the president of the ICO kept hammering home one specific message, find a way to get people to drink more coffee. Bring more people to drink more of your coffee. That is the whole crux of a customer acquisition plan. So like, actually, it's the whole crux of ruining your business. If you you don't know how to bring customers into your business, you are going to ruin your business. The core of growing your business is bringing more customers into your business. I don't care how fucking great your product is or how cheap your coffee is or how accessible your coffee is. Unless you figured out a way to find more customers, not just the customers, but more customers that are going to be able to come into your business, you have a dead business. At some point, your business is going to hit a wall and you're going to go out of business. And most businesses fail after three to five years. 
Don't be those businesses. Figure out how to endlessly bring in more customers over time. So I love it, Lee. And I, I think back to the, your initial question from the LinkedIn post, that customer acquisition plan mm. is the difference between the hobby Word. and the business. Word. Right? I, I mean, love that. That really, that really is yes. it because if, if you're just focused on, but no, I brew the greatest coffee in the world. Yeah. And that's and and don't take that away from you. Hold all the titles, win all yeah. the competitions, but you're not a business owner. Exactly. Unless you figured out yes. how to create an audience, build foot traffic, Bravo. draw people in. That's the difference between the business and you effectively being right, a performer. Love that. Love that. Next episode, folks, we're going to talk about the producer and they are clearly an important part of this process. So join us for the next episode. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Mapper Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Mapper Forward, head to mapperforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.